Welcome to What It Is, the edutainment comedy podcast where we tell each other stories, and I'm going to get better at that. We're going to make it like a thing where I have to learn what I'm actually going to say before we start the show, but I guess we're just not there yet. I think we're winging it. We're winging it, once again. It's Um, very American of you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. You're welcome. It does feel free. It is. It's free form like jazz, also American. TM, TM, TM. TM, TM, TM. Joining me as always is Chelsea Harfoos. Chelsea, how are you? <laughs> well, I already talked about my deep, dry disappointment about <laughs> bodyguard, not to be confused with the bodyguard. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm feeling dry. Feeling just dry. Joining me, we have my very good friend, Beth Oddy. Beth, Hello. how are you living? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. What good brings friend. you here to my cupboard? Um, so you invited me to visit and then you mm-hmm. shot me in your cupboard. Yes, and I did, yeah. I've been hearing confused ever since. Yeah. Um, not dry though, thankfully, so that's pretty good. <laughs> wow. Way to wrap it in, Beth. Also, real quick, just for the people listening at home, Beth, where are you from? I'm from London. But what part? I'm from Southwest London, Richmond. Richmond. And then where are you from again, Ellie? I'm from Kent. So, okay, so when you guys are trying to figure out who is Beth and who is Ellie, just remember, like, listen for the Richmond accent for mm-hmm. Beth, and you're going to want to listen to the Kent accent for Ellie. Well, and if you look for that, it's going to really, really here's help the thing, you. Here's the thing that happens that's, like, one of my favorite differences between me and Beth, uh-huh. is that when I get drunk, I get posher, and when she gets drunk... <laughs> I become. I don't know what happened because I'm. I think I'm probably a little bit posher than you day to day. Yeah. But the switched. minute I get drunk, I think I'm on like Top Boy or something, and I start talking. And I'm like, Oi, shut it! Listen, shut, mate, shut your fucking mouth. How mess. much for the fucking bus? <laughs> you fucking what? And this is this is exactly the kind of relatable content people come here for. Um, no, but you know what, Beth? Honestly, like I feel connected to you when I hear that because Ellie knows one of the first things that I told her, which is a really appropriate thing to say to a new friend from England, is like, "Yeah, I want to move to England because I want to be a rude boy." She wants to be a rude boy, mm-hmm. like desperately. Rude boy. I want to talk like that. I'm sorry to tell you that, like, rude boy is a, a lifestyle. I mean, you can't <laughs> just be like, "I'm just gonna do it one day." No, no, you you live it, you breathe it. See, like myself. That's difficult. <laughs> that's difficult for me because, see, in America, you can go to a place called Hot Topic and you can become basically any kind of person that you want uh, over one weekend in eighth grade. Okay. So I need that experience, but for being a rude boy. So you want to be sort of like queer-eyed, but into a rude boy. I'm, exactly. Oh, my God. So, okay, so when this podcast gets to... Uh, 500 reviews. I'm going to be photoshopping some some amazing things. (laughs) So, Beth, let me introduce you. Let me tell you what the show's about. Okay. Okay. Um, We each take it in turns to present a topic of our choosing that fascinates us, that we think everyone needs to know about. We each present it. We uh, obviously would chat about it. We hope to be amusing about it. And then we uh, give each other points for how well we think they did. Um, But those points are a sort of Hogwarts house system, so they accumulate. So you play for the guest and Chelsea and I are on every week. You You're see? on team guests. Okay. Team guest. I'm on team Chelsea and Ellie's on team cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm on the team team. Chelsea's on her own team. I'm on team wildcard. <laughs> hey, um, mom, I've made it. Before we get into the meat. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to play a little game where we, we uh, present the topic of our thesis, the title of our essay if you will mm-hmm. and we each get to try and guess what the others is mm-hmm. 
Mm. So mine is called Vanished into Smoke. Is it about Lost? Did you finally watch Lost? <laughs> I watched all of Lost and I need to talk to someone about it. I love, I, can I no. tell you I love that for you? 2019, Ellie takes us into a Lost podcast. <laughs> I just think it's a really deep show, you guys. It's got, it's got a lot to tell us. <laughs> She's like, I don't know what's going to go on with that guy and the numbers, but I think it's no. going to be a really important part l- that they carry through all the seasons. I left Lost after you never found out about the fucking polar bear or whatever it was. Yeah. I, I never like, watched it. Yeah, there was. they did a whole season where they were like, there's a beastie in these words. Beast? <laughs> and, then, and then they never mention it again. You know, so many things. I stopped with it after the guy had, like, they introduced the guy that had the number station, basically, where he had to press the button, like, every, like, hour and a half or the world would blow up. And I was like, that's actually, like, really fascinating. Like, you'd go insane. And then, like, he just, like, didn't one time and the world didn't blow up. And then they just, like, never talked about it again. And I was like, I hate you. Cowards. No, it's not about Lost. Okay, so, but it's uh, Disappeared Into Smoke. Vanished Into Smoke. Vanished Vanished. Into Smoke. Beth, do you have any ideas? I'm stumped. something to do with the cigarette industry. Ooh, no, but that would be a good title, and I'm putting it in my back pocket. (laughs) Is it about, like, magicians? I wouldn't come in swinging. About magicians. (laughs) People would be like, oh, I listened to to that. My topic. (laughs) 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 No, No, it's not magicians. Look, we've all accidentally dated a magician. Yeah. Right? We've all all done that, right? Right? We've all done that. This (laughs) week. Beth. Yeah. Do you feel ready to give your title? My title? I do. My title is um, The Dog Days Are Over. Oh. It better not be about fucking dogs. It's, it's not about fucking dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it about Florence and the Machine? It's not, no. No. Mm. Unfortunately, I tried. Is it about but... daylight savings time? Do you guys have daylight savings time? Yeah, we do. Is it about daylight savings time? No, I don't get it. Why would... Oh, days... Because, like, dog days of yeah. summer, the long <laughs> yeah, days. Got you. Yeah, uh, No, it's not. But that's actually an interesting thing that I would love to discuss with you some more, maybe after Aww. the show. Can we, like, not invite Ellie? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Just stay in the closet. <laughs> you guys are like, no, we're good. <laughs> no, we'll no, stay in here for a second, actually. <laughs> I go was, to bed. We'll, well you right know, I, not that I want to entirely derail this, but I am going to derail it just a little bit, sure, which sure. is that uh, as an only child... Uh, my favorite game when I was like eight or nine was I would play like Apocalypse and that's when I would look at the clock and I'd say okay it's 7.55 at 8pm the world is over so I need to move everything that I need to survive into my closet and then I would like spend like five minutes like in a mad dash like stealing food from the kitchen and blankets and shit and then I would just like be in my closet for hours my mom would be like what are you doing I'm like it's my like bomb shelter in my closet (laughs) I live here now and she was like, people are going to think that you were abused. Like, you can't just, like, live in your closet. You know what's super sad is you had five minutes to get everything you cared about in your closet. You didn't take your mom. <laughs> your mom was outside judging you. <laughs> she was like, look at that fucking She's idiot. like, what are you doing? You're like, this is why you're not in the closet, mom. <laughs> she didn't get how important it yeah. was. Well, then she didn't so, deserve to be in there. Yeah, no. I just, I now I, I like this idea of you, like, with, like, ten seconds to go, crying like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Run into the cupboard! No, I learned I learned much earlier that she wasn't going to be like game for those games because one time I also decided to turn my like Barbie uh, Ferrari thing into a covered wagon because I'd read about I'd played Oregon Trail for the first time and yeah. it really hit me and so I like <laughs> and I really wrote her me. a letter as if I were a pioneer and like my like little child like chicken scratch and it was like mother I'm so sorry I have to go west and like I didn't realize that like mother she, 
<laughs> I didn't, like, it didn't occur to me as like a five year old that she would take it seriously and she thought I was running away and she was so butthurt about it she was really <laughs> mad sorry mom if you're listening to this she was so mad at me she was like I can't believe he would run away I'm like I'm not like I'm not running no, no, away like I'm just doing no, Oregon Trail I'm not like, running away I'm just doing Oregon Trail mom anyway so like, that's how I learned like she wouldn't be cool that's why she wasn't allowed in the closet that is not the title of, okay. my, of my thesis no. my title is here kitty kitty Ooh, oh, dogs and kitties. Dogs and kitties. That's why I was worried. Mine's not about fucking cats, even though Beth, I know how you feel about my cat. I want to fuck your cat. <laughs> so like, we don't need to be Ellie, about Ellie, it. I do need you to uh, post a picture of Mambo. Like, yeah. this episode's going on. So people can understand. Like, so yes, people won't judge yes. Beth and they'll understand how yeah, you yeah, understand. You, essential. you do. Maybe just like a quick gif of him walking. Oh, well, that would be really important. If you have that, that most you can send it. that to me directly. <laughs> also, I will not say no. Um, uh, no, so here, kitty, kitty. Here, kitty, mm. kitty. Here, kitty, kitty. Is there anything about the Hello Kitty company? No. Sanrio? No. Get real. Okay. <laughs> Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. You guys are going to be so fucking mad when you figure out what this is. Mm. <laughs> Here, kitty, 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 kitty. So. It wasn't just two? It was all, all of those? All those kitty. Well, in, on, in a way, here, kitty, infinity. In a way, it's four billion kitties and counting, because it's about vaginas. It's you're about so vaginas. Close. It's you're about. So okay, yes. So <laughs> we are talking about again something that's like right on the edge of like medical maladies, which, as you know, Ellie is is a specific interest within like the general world of mine. The thing is, doctors not infallible as much as we'd like them to be right because they're life or death we want them to be right. able to save us but the thing is like most of the time they're just fucking winging it like that's what diagnosis is Di- or differential diagnosis have you ever heard that term that means like hey you're throwing up and that means that you could either have like a 24-hour bug or like stage four cancer and i don't know yet but we're gonna figure it out together <laughs> together it's fine one thing you should know about me i'm a huge hypochondriac and this is pretty much my worst nightmare to be oh, hearing this so actually this might be like uh well we won't get we'll get more into that offline but anyway so also, that means that um, medicine, much like language, is constantly evolving based on kind of cultural norms. Like, for example, for the longest time, they didn't uh, specify a difference between bulimia, meaning like binge and purge, and just binge eating disorder, even though it affects people's bodies in insanely different ways. Right. And it also created a lot of stigma and prevented a lot of people who were not underweight from getting treatment for ED, but that was entirely all um, just call social it all stigma. Yeah, it was, it was entirely social so stigma. Like, this is also yeah. the same. So, like, so yeah, if you went and you were like, and you were like, hey, I'm bulimic, and they were like, okay, cool, well, you're not like super skinny, and you're like, yeah, I don't throw it up, I just like, every time I get sad, I eat everything in the house and I can't stop. Mm. And they're like, oh, well, sounds like you're pretty undisciplined, so... um, <laughs> Sounds like you suck. Sounds like you suck. Have you thought about joining a gym? And I mean, like, all of that's, like, a gross over as statement, but that's, a po- that's an example mm-hmm. of medicine being influenced by social norms. Another way is that the term hysteria used to be a medical term, as in mass hysteria, which is what we're going to talk about today in larger detail. Mass hysteria. Because uh... now we can't call it that anymore. We call it mass psychogenic illness... Which does sound so much cooler. That does sound cooler. But hysteria is to do with the... Yes. 
Yeah. So this is where Here Kitty Kitty comes Just for in. reference, she's pointing at her lady area. Her lady area. Yes. So hysterectomy, and you'll get what I'm pointing at. Yeah, you'll oh get Oh my god, she's so ahead of the game. So yes, hystero, prefix meaning uterus. And it's because they used to think that hysteria was caused, not joking, uh, by wandering womb syndrome, which was that they that these doctors who had like mapped out every part of the body, right? Were considered just like almost like gods in like oh. these societies. Oh. They thought that a woman's uterus detached itself from its spot in the body and would just wander around your body and cause problems. Does you does yours not do that? Does not do that? In fact, I'm always like this waking up and I'm like, no, oh, come on. Oh, it's oh, just my like uterus behind my left eye. Yeah. <laughs> Monday doctors like they really get their dicks hard over like ancient Greek medicine stuff because there was just like yes, like this is how perfect and pure our practice is. That we've been doing it for thousands of years. Can I interest you in some olive oil? Yeah. <laughs> The whole fucking thing. So this is what this is what Greek scholar Eratheus had to say about hysteria. Ready? You're gonna love this. Just see how much. Let me just like. I want you guys to really feel this and tell me like how much this really applies to like you and your body. Okay. Ready? In the middle of the flanks of women lies the womb, a female viscous, closely oh. resembling an animal, for it is moved of itself hither and thither in the flanks, also upward in a direct line. <laughs> Would you come hither and thither in my it's flanks? It's an animal. It's an animal. Viscous. <laughs> <laughs> also upward in a direct line to below the cartilage of the thorax and also obliquely, that means diagonally, to the right or to the left, either to the liver or the spleen. And it is likewise subject to prolapses downwards. And in a word, Ooh. it is altogether erratic. It delights also in fragrant smells and advances towards them. And it has an aversion to fetid <laughs> smells and flees from them. And on the whole, the womb is like an animal within an animal. Oh, That's how they treated women's like diseases. So that's where smelling salts comes in. Because here's the really fun part. And this is to part bring your womb back? So a smelling salt is an acrid smell they put in your nose because they think that your womb has come up towards your head and the acrid smell makes it go and it flees back down to where it's supposed to go but here's the other fun part and this is where, he, where I, kitty kitty comes I in. would be so terrified to be carrying around this mean little beastie in my yeah. nervous that went well, wherever it wanted to hysterical about it <sighs> well yeah, so that's so they also down, used to hysterical women it's fine <laughs> so they would they would put something gross up by your nose to push it back down yeah so then what's the natural conclusion of that they would use vaginal perfumes in your stuff to, to entice it, no, to entice it back to where it's supposed to go. Come Something on down sweet. here, it yeah. smells so good down here. Here, kitty, 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 here, kitty, 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 kitty. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. So that's that is, so grim. So that sets the tone oh, for man. when we first started talking about mass hysteria as a people and trying to study it. Mm -hmm. But the fucking wild thing about mass hysteria is that. It has been happening throughout society, and it's not even that uncommon. Like, we have so much... We have so many documented cases of mass hysteria, or mass psychogenic illness is what we're calling it now. Here are some of the things that it almost always includes. Okay. Uh, mass hysteria is defined by including symptoms that have no organic basis, so they'll do tests. They can't find any kind of, like, pathogen. They can't find any kind of bacteria or virus or anything. Uh... Symptoms that are transient and benign. So that means like they come and go. Um, and it's never something that's like you're not like bleeding out of your eyes, you're not near death. You just it's can't like, stop listening to the Beatles. So we'll come back to this. 
here are some of the examples, and, and we'll get more into them in a second, but, like, there have been laughing plagues. There have been dancing manias that lasted months or years and involved thousands of people. What? Uh, yeah, no, so this this would be a mass hysteria. It happens all over the world. It happens to all groups of people, although it does mostly affect women. Hmm. Hysterical. Hysterical women. Uh, they called it a preponderance of female participants, which I think is a really sweet way a of saying. Preponderance. A preponderance of female participants. participants. Um, I'm participating in a mass hysteria. <laughs> well, then here's the real kicker, right? Is that in order to get it, you have to hear or see somebody else exhibiting the same symptoms. So, what differentiates a mass psychogenic illness? from literally just like a phenomenon, uh, although mass psychogenic illness is a phenomenon of sorts, is that, so say if like you, me, and Beth were all in separate rooms of this apartment and simultaneously we all started um, getting on all fours and like hissing, that would just be some crazy shit. Right. But if we were all in the same room, (laughs) yeah, if we were all in the same room and I got on the ground and started hissing and then you two also got on the ground and started hissing, and then later we were like, I don't know why we did that. Mm. It would just mean that I was very powerful, and we were experiencing mass psychogenic illness. Okay. How many people constitutes mass psychogenic illness? Like, is it just us three hissing each other in a room? I will say, we would really be stretching the limits of mass. So, it, um, as long as there are about a dozen or more, that's when it becomes a Mm. mass psychogenic illness. Uh, but like I said, many of the documented cases involve thousands. Some of the ones, you know, we're more so familiar crazy. with. A modern interpretation of the Salem witch trials, for example, is mass psychogenic okay. illness. Because the symptoms that they that they suffered from, if you think about it, they're really, uh, they're transient and benign. It was things like falling to the ground, shuddering, fevers, vomiting, mm. uh, rashes. This is where things get kind of wild, because sometimes when people hear psychogenic or psychological hysterical another word that's often used in medicine is psychosomatic people think that means made up right but that's not really what happens because what happens is our brains are so powerful that if you really truly believe that you have a contagion that you were sick you can give yourself physical symptoms that from a doctor's standpoint they don't they're not different than like like if you give yourself a fever off of believing that you have a contagion, it is the exact same fever with the exact same right. results as a There's fever from a virus. Back to be like a fake. Yeah. Oh, this is actually thing. a fake fever. Yeah. So you can give yourself full body rashes. You can make yourself vomit uncontrollably. Like you can make yourself pass out. That one's actually pretty easy. People do that a lot uh, from hyperventilating. These things are very real, and what was what is experienced by the people are very real. A lot of times, though, it it takes a form that's like a little bit stranger than just illness. Mm. So like I said, there were for around 500 years in Europe, there were these dancing manias where sometimes up to thousands of people would just gather in a square for weeks or even months and dance uncontrollably. They would also do sometimes like sexually grotesque things. They would like touch themselves and howl and writhe and like all this shit. So like (laughs) there seems to be, (laughs) there seems to be an element of um, taboo or stress that kind of brings this out. Uh, Like rebellion. Yeah, kind of like rebellion. But and also there seems to be a part of it of like you see somebody doing it it's frightening. And then there's just something in your brain that allows you, because we're social animals, to kind of turn off 
I guess, inhibition and say like, oh, I mean, it's just contagious. Like, I'm just, it wasn't my fault. I I have like, Mm -hmm. I have no culpability in this moment. So you end up taking, it takes over. Why did we ever hear about them? Yeah, no, you do hear about them, but they're, they aren't really taken super seriously. So you'll hear about them in terms of like, this is, did you know, like, here's an interesting story out of like Pennsylvania or whatever. Uh, There was a laughing plague in 1962 where people laughed for months at a time uncontrollably. I mean, they would laugh until, like, their sides were aching. They would laugh until they were crying from, like, pain, but they couldn't stop. Um, There was an outbreak of mass psychogenic illness in a junior high school in New York in, I think, the 90s or maybe the early 2000s, where they all started suffering symptoms of Tourette syndrome. (laughs) Just, like, just, like, wildly. As you can imagine, in a junior high, probably not great. No. Uh, Not ideal. Uh... One of my favorite things is that uh, the first thing that the professionals looked at, because I don't know if you know, but uh, upstate New York, fairly conservative. So one of the first things they looked at was they were like, oh, it's Gardasil, (laughs) which is the, uh, it's the vaccine for HPV. So uh, Beth, I don't know what it's like over in England, but uh, in America, we started giving it to girls around like 12 or 13, because the entire point is you should give it to people before there's even a chance that they're having sex so that we can guard them against getting it sexually. Um, people lost their minds. They were like, "You're gonna give my baby a sex vaccine?" I think that we, I think people lost their minds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just wild to me because I'm like, the entire point is to give it to children because they're not having sex. Like that's yes. literally the point. Yeah. Like if that's what you're freaked out about, like you're in luck. This is the point. And so <laughs> yeah, and so uh, shocking. Gardasil did not cause this Tourette syndrome plague <laughs> in this sure junior high. Did you test it? Yes, sure? they tested it. They tested the drinking water. They tested all these kids for drugs to see like if they were all having like a weird drug party. As quickly as it started, it ended and. Then all the kids were like, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I did that. The other unifying factor, it seems across, because this has happened across the entire world, every race, every population, every time period. But the one thing that seems to be a unifying factor, other than a preponderance of females, is uh, (laughs) stress. And so that's actually, like, that was another one of my favorite quotes uh, in one of my research materials was, um, it was uh, an entire article about modern day scientists trying to uh, you know, like push up glasses, science out why the dancing manias happened because they happened across countries across hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it couldn't have really been something cultural. Uh, and they, some of them were like, oh, well, there's this special mold that only grows in corn when like this weather. <laughs> it's like some like dumb shit. And then people are like, no, 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 no. It's about how many natural disasters there were all the time. Like basically, like the response was like, Life just sucked so bad in the medieval ages. <laughs> They're just like, oh, just dance it out. Yeah, like it's um, it's a combination of us, I think, being such social animals, um, and then you see one person basically abdicating responsibility for mm-hmm. pain, and you're like, oh, I, I too, I like heart hurt. I stop. Heart, I dance stop. forever. I'm just gonna stop. So my last thing is it's not all bad. This idea of us being able to, because I know you said, Beth, that you were really kind of hypochondriac. So if you're scared of the idea that you might see somebody laughing and then you're like, I'm just going to laugh for the next eight months and I can't stop myself, some of this can actually be used in a really positive way. So they call it when it's a positive thing and not like a a contagion. They call it a somatic transference. Mm. And it's basically this idea that uh, healthcare providers or mental health providers can actually start to feel how you're feeling 
based on just sort of like connecting with you as a social animal. That's what dance therapy is. It's this idea that if we touch each other and we move through space, I'm going to understand how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, we actually used to do that. I was in a dance program in college and we used to play this game and I loved it so much where one person would be a passive sort of like receptor and everybody else would be the activator and you'd sort of stand there if you were the passive one um, and you'd close your eyes and people would come just touch you really lightly and wherever they touched you, you would that. move. I hate that. <laughs> oh, I, I guess like maybe it's not a very British thing. I oh, loved we it. We used it was... to do that in drama. Yeah. Oh, and they it the rules. Floor and they, yeah, Maggie, it was, our drama teacher was American. There you go. Uh. See, gotta touch. But the power of touch can have, it's, it's not just magical in a scary way. It can be magical in a really powerful way. We can actually feel each other's emotions. Um, and help each other. So help each other, America and maybe England. <laughs> Who's to say? No, definitely to say. England. Definitely England. Eight also. months of laughing. Oof. Eight months of laughing. Can you imagine? God, that's Can you imagine uh, dancing until you die, which did happen to some people? Really? Uh, yeah. Well, that I can imagine. The um, dancing. I'm just that good a dancer. <laughs> yeah. Dancing accompanied by stripping, howling, the making of obscene gestures. See, that's why I think it goes back to stress. It's like a, it's like a, I'm doing taboo things. Um, and then, yes, there were reports of people crying to the point of death. Like, they cried themselves to death. Woof. In the streets. That is bleak. I am going to have to take off some points for how bleak some of the parts were. Yeah, some of them were a little bleak. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. look, life's a thresher, Ellie. I'm sorry. I know, but I don't want to hear about it all the time. <laughs> uh, minus, yeah, so minus two for that. But then, that's like... Fair. No, 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 that seems fair. Plus, I want a plus eight. Because I, I did really enjoy... That's that's a mad fact that people it can do wild. that. Intriguing. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to give eight points for... Um, the moving um, uterus, not mm. uterus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's your wandering moves. womb. The yeah, wandering, it's real. wandering womb. So real. Um, because that's uh, an amazing, amazing, cool thing to learn about. I'm taking off one point for. Fuck. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Because I really hated the bit where they started putting perfume on their foofs. I did yeah. not enjoy that. Oh, they hear kitty kitty. Yeah, Foof perfume. So, um, minus one for that. Now mine feels really stupid because I yours is it. about a a phenomenon that's affected thousands of people over thousands of years, and mine is about a creepy little bridge in Scotland. <laughs> And this creepy little bridge in Scotland has been the site of a murder, mm. uh, an attempted suicide, and most imp- uh, like various paranormal sightings. But most importantly, the attempted suicide of over three hundred dogs. <gasps> I was I was just about to say, is it a dog bridge? Is it a dog bridge? Is it a bridge for dogs? Is it a dog, dog bridge? suicide? So okay, suicide. Ellie's <laughs> about to storm <laughs> out of this cupboard. <laughs> Um, so, like, dogs, for everything we know about animals, animals don't have the capacity to, like, premeditate. Never saw a wild thing, sorry for itself. Like, they don't yeah. want to kill themselves. However, this bridge in Scotland, yeah, over 300 dogs have just leapt over the edge to their apparent... I mean, not all of them have died. Over 50 have died since 1960. Wow. From jumping over this bridge. And what can I say that's not flippant? Like, is there... A Any troubles at home? cat? No, like a cat on the other side of the bridge. Oh, so what goes? <laughs> Just sitting there like, <laughs> you can't get me. Uh, hey, kitty, kitty. Um, hey, kitty, kitty. So basically this bridge, okay, it's 
it's a 50 foot high so that's pretty high yeah that's pretty like you're probably if you're a little a little dog gonna not make it the town is called overton well it's a little it's a house called overton and the bridge is called overton but the village is called something like dumb dumbarton or something Mm -hmm. um and the you're just laughing at British names of yes this? they're always funny one is called Bath one is called like Dick <laughs> not someone called Dick <laughs> I read about that no not there's one that's called, called like Dick, dick. No. it's like Spotted Dick Dick's Spotted worth. Dick is a dessert and it's delicious first of all I thought it was a meat I don't know no. you can tell your dog story <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's a house that's called like Overton House which weirdly is owned currently by a pastor from Texas Weird fun side fact. But anyway, there have always been weird sightings, paranormal feelings, and just, like, a sense of weirdness around this house and bridge from everyone local who reports it. Now, like, Scotland um, is traditionally is a fairly superstitious place I believe there's lots of like folklore and that sort of thing from Scotland I read that in Outlander it's like, <laughs> sure so you know yeah, well, I'm <laughs> yeah. actually very um, familiar because of what I read in Outlander uh, but there's always been these reports and one in particular is a woman whose husband died she lived alone there for 30 years mourning and then she killed herself from the bridge well i don't know actually if it was from the bridge i've made that up but it was <laughs> from if, the actual if, house was she gonna bridge. do like it? if i were making the film of this story she would have killed herself from the bridge so do you think so that her uterus was just like right up in like, her throat yeah. basically yeah it yeah. come out one of her ears also like it was gone it like was, she was beyond hysterical it had yeah. left silly hysterical woman <laughs> it had left it, it had left the building and she just was like well fuck this nothing else to do so anyway so these this was like uh, I think like early 1910s or something when she did that good time good but year. anyway ever since then there's been loads of sightings of like her in the window in the 1960s suddenly dogs just who would all, all walk around there they always people had always walked their dogs along those trails there's lots of like nice walking trails around there suddenly not only would they try and jump they would go manic from as soon as they started approaching the bridge they would go insane and they would just run full pelt for the the wall of the bridge and just jump over it. Whoa. Here's the weirdest thing. One of the weirdest things. People would go down into the like little craggy uh, undergrowth down below and find their dog. And they'd be all like, if they weren't dead, they wouldn't be in the best state. Some, but some of the ones that could walk, they would go back up. And they would try and jump. They again. do it again. Oh, okay, that's insane. Whatever is on that bridge has got to go. This does feel based on like my understanding of both demons and British people. Okay. Like this is <laughs> one and well, the same, like, really. Demons. <laughs> I was going to say is like you guys will only show affection to your dogs. So this feels like, like this feels like. Like, it wouldn't go over well in America, but it feels very targeted to you. Yes, mm. exactly. Like, that feels like they've gone, what's the one thing that British people love? How can yeah. we really break them? Yeah. Yeah. So, there's been quite a lot of research. You can't throw a title over a bridge, so. Right. <laughs> exactly. If I'm standing up there or down there, I'm still a lord. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't matter. So, there's two theories from the fucking scientists who ruin everything and make it uncool. One of them is that the minks... There are minks. Mink? What's the plural of mink? I think you're right. Minks. It does sound like a different word, but you're saying like M-I-N-K-S. K-S. Yeah, Yeah. minks. 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 Like a sexy mink. Oh, just some sexy minks. So um, in the undergrowth, and it makes sense in terms of the fact that every dog that jumped, jumped on a day that was warm and there was a breeze. 
or wind. Oh, so it could have carried the smell of the mink. So apparently that like activates the scent mm. and then it carries on the wind. And they just smell so goddamn good. And apparently also that when the mink population in Scotland has like grown massively since around the 1950s, 60s. So it kind of makes sense. I but don't know, dude. This stuff sounds like like a five one. stories though. It would travel five stories. This Probably. sounds like a mink scientist really wanted his heyday. Like he sounds wanted like his big moment. Mink is yeah. trying to like big propel mink. Yeah, and like we hear about big mink all the time. <laughs> I'm just like, let us have our story, big there are so There are so many fucking big mink bought congressmen, prime yeah. ministers. Like, They're running it all, and I'm just, I'm here to kind of clear up the conspiracy because yeah. honestly, big mink, you cannot control me. You've anymore. never heard of them, guys, but you should have. Oh, no. We're like, in two weeks from now, we're going to find Beth at the bottom of a bridge. Oh, my and we're, God. We're I'm going to jump mink. from Overton. Honestly. Yeah, big like, mink yeah. got to her. This episode's dedicated to Beth's memory. <laughs> the dogs were making people too loving to vote for the people that kept Big Mink in power. Yeah. That's what happened. They just sent a message. Yeah. The only kind of message you people will listen to. You know what I mean when I say you people. It's like the two of you. Yeah. Uh Yeah. That was a theory. But then people were like, how many bridges are there in the whole of the UK? How many mink bridges? That go over sexy minxes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Why this one in particular? Another theory is probably a little bit more sensible. I'm sorry to just like shit on the fun of the dog suicides but I was having so much fun (laughs) Um, the walls so they brought in this like scientist to research it for years it was like really probably probably better stuff we could spend our money on as a a nation but let's not get political (laughs) Uh, vote labour but basically the the bridge walls are of a shape that from one side it just looks like a a platform but then it very suddenly tapers off on the other side mm. so they maybe because of like dogs being so like dumb and they don't realize they just think that they can just jump up and then they just they, by that point they're already over it oh. wouldn't that kind of imply that a dog could have the foresight to see oh this there's like land on this side of the bridge and then presuppose like like to me that's almost giving them too much credit like they don't well, I don't think a, I don't think a dog to a dog. Yeah, I, was <laughs> I don't think a dog goes over a bridge and says, "Well, I did see land like five meters back, so I bet over here there's also land." Like, I don't think they make those kinds of cognitive jumps. I think it's like, oh, I can see the the platform here. I can stand on it, but actually, once they get onto it, it's just curved off and they're gone. Oh, mm. I see. But then people who've reported their dogs jumping don't—they're like, no, he literally went manic and leapt over. It gets a little bit bleaker now. If dog suicide wasn't bleak enough, it gets a little bit bleaker. Now it gets bleaker? Unfortunately, yeah. because in 1992, a man um, who had been having, like, visions around, like, the, this, he, he thought that Satan had marked him and his newborn son, very, very newborn, and on their first outing with his wife, he threw his baby off the same bridge <sighs> and then tried to jump himself. Tried. Tried to jump. His wife pulled him back. Stopped him. He then got taken into Overton House, tried to kill himself again, got got arrested. He then said afterwards, like years later, that he had no idea what was happening until like he was close to the bridge and then suddenly knew what he needed to do. Oof. That's some bird box shit. Right? That's I don't like scary. it. I would like to not go to that bridge. My brain went, oh, does it? the, the dogs see the baby and they want to try and rescue... Mm. No, that would be nice, though. <laughs> so, yeah, those are, like, scientific theories. 
I personally think it's haunted as fuck, and they're all sensing, so they're all being told to jump, and, and that's it. There's also another potential thing, which is, like, I'm not going to go into, because I could do, like, a whole thing about emotional residue, because I find it really interesting, but potentially mm. emotional residue, it's not like there's been a lot of tragedy there on that bridge. Maybe the dogs have a higher, heightened sense of emotional residue, which I think they do, right? Like, I do, too. Dogs, dogs can sense when they go into a room and it's sad, or, like, what you know, they always, like... <laughs> after they've yeah. eaten the bins and you get home and then they're they like, know Whoa. yeah <laughs> so maybe they're sensing emotional residue from the last however many hundred like hundred years of pain around that bridge and they're just like yeah and they go manic and it drives them a little insane yeah whoa yeah no we should do an episode someday on emotion- emotional residue because like that's what i think ghosts are like i a hundred like i don't believe in ghosts Energies. but i think ghosts are yeah like they're like the stain like they're literally like a stain on the carpet but it's like an emotional like I agree with mm. emotional stain. I agree. Gross emotional stain. Do you believe in know. emotional stains? Do you? I'm gonna come back as an emotional stain and haunt you. <laughs> Aww. Oh, that is so cute. Let's so hang sweet. out with y'all. Um, um, anyway, that, that's dog so That's the dog days. I are never want to see that bridge, but also I kind of do. I'll show you a picture later. Okay, cool. I'm we'll gonna put it on social media. I want to look at it through a mirror. Is that okay? Like I want to yeah, look sure. in a mirror. Look directly at yeah, it. like I don't like, I want to like Medusa rules on this bridge. It's if very. We spooky. might have like a mass hysteria about it. We might be getting them down. But I the think it's kind of connected to yours because I think it's dog mass hysteria. Yeah. Guys, I'm trying to get creeped out in this cupboard. <laughs> don't, Ellie. don't be. Well, but, you're just gonna be vanishing into smoke. I do want to give because I have so many points for Beth. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like Ellie is your spooky because I am spooked. It's a little spooky. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Skewed. It's Beth. a little bit spooky. Beth, you really, you really brought it. You really brought it for team guests. Yeah, you Thank did you so much. Uh, oh it was powerful. It was deeply upsetting. Yeah, <laughs> That's but it what I was also for. it also offered opportunities to riff even in the darkest of times. Yeah. And if I learned one thing from our favorite cupboard dweller. That's right. I'm talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> one can one can That's find right. hope. In the darkest of times, <laughs> if only one turns on a light or whatever he said about that fucking lighter. Anyway, I'm that gonna was give you technically Dumbledore. That was saying it. But he said it to Harry Potter. Okay, okay, don't cry. (laughs) Where's that bridge? Uh, um, (laughs) Bleak. (laughs) That's that's what pushes you over the edge. That's too far, yeah. That was dog suicide, like killing a baby, fine, but jumping off the bridge yourself. Yeah. Just bleak. (laughs) Just bleak. I'm going to give you. Plus nine points. Oh my god, thank you. But I am going to take oh. two away because of all the dog suicides. Oh, well, oh shit. I'm glad I only lost two, really, because yeah. the whole thing was dog suicides. So. Yeah, that's true. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, I much. really like the bit about the man. I really like that, that bit. That bit was good to you? That was good. I mean, I don't... Jesus It didn't Christ, hurt me Ellie. as much as dog suicides. Yikes! Dog hard. Yes, yeah, I'm going to go a different direction, and I'm going to say that you were starting out at a negative uh-huh. of, like, mm-hmm. negative five because dog suicides. Yeah, yeah. It was deeply upsetting. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, I really hated it. But then I started to think about it in a different way, especially when you talk about the mink, and I was starting to think about... the mink. That was thinking good, about, started thinking about Cruella Damn. DeVille... And then I remembered that my nice. Halloween costume was Cruella DeVille this year. So if you think about it, it was kind of like about me, and I do like that. Thank you so much. And, yeah. and I'm glad <laughs> I that did you did that could, intentionally. I knew that you did. Yeah. I could feel that, and I like that you honed in on that. That's good. Like that showed like you were thinking ahead. Yeah, but how many points is it? I think that she's like at like a net seven. Yes. Oh. Oh my god. I always forget to add them up. Yeah. Well, it does involve math. 
Are you ready? God, sure. I guess. <laughs> I wrote this sentence and uh, I am so dumb. I have to read this out as I have written it. Cool. The year is August 12th, 1915. <laughs> <laughs> strong start. This strong is strong start. start. Time is Tuesday. It's powerful. <laughs> the long hour of Tuesday. The long hour. <laughs> uh, the year is August 12th, 1915. It's a long hour. Oh, so the other day I... <laughs> forgot the word for, for day. day. For day. Um, I don't know what I... Had I drunk something? Or was, yeah, maybe. I, Who's to say, honestly? I was like, oh, what's the weather like on the long hour? I meant, what's the weather like today? And it was... The long hour is so good. It's very poetic, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how we talk keep it. In, uh, in old England. Because, like, pants are underwear for you, so, like, long Guys, pants are, like... Guys, the pants. year is August 12th, 1915. <laughs> it's my favourite year. Thank you. Our story takes us to Turkey. We're in the middle of the sweltering Turkish heat. We're terrified and thirsty. We are a member of the 1st, 5th Battalion of the Norfolk Regiment. Rather not. It's World War One, guys. Oh my god, you and fucking world wars. We we, we had a couple of them, you know, and we <laughs> liked they're it. Big, they're a big deal. Alright. So ahead of you is the Sandringham one. Company. Have you written I, it in this dramatic? Yes. She does this every time. Fucking hell. <laughs> I like it. I like so to... look, some dogs um like jumped off a bridge. I like <laughs> to set the scene. We're going back in. Sorry. Ahead of you is the Sandringham Company. This is a group of about two hundred men who Are were previously rich? No. Are they who previously Yes. <laughs> <laughs> previously butlers, gardeners, farmers and servants at the Sandringham estate of King George V. So these are fancy guys who were turned into soldiers soldiers. With little to no training, we've dispatched July thirty in the year of July thirtieth, nineteen fifteen also. We and the Sandringham estate ahead of us are walking through the peninsula of Gallipoli to fight the Turkish, woefully unprepared. Hot. Our advance is absolutely obliterated by machine gun fire and snipers. The surrounding brush was set ablaze and so we couldn't see anything through the smoke. But ahead of us, we still see the Soundingham Company and they're continuing to advance as everyone else is pulling back towards the wooden area. You see some mysterious loaf-shaped clouds hovering over the battlefield. One cloud lowers to the ground and the Soundingham Company walk into it. And after about an hour, the cloud comes up very unobtrusively to join the other clouds like it and they all sail off into the sky. Mm-hmm. And those 200 men were never seen again. What? <laughs> what? What? No, what? Wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm so sorry. Hold on. We're going to we're gonna need to back up on this one. Okay. What? You're in a battalion. There's yeah. a battalion, 200 men in front of you. Yeah. You guys are walking. Mm. And then uh, there's like cloud, like fog, like a cloud cover for a while. But well, you're still of- walking. You're still walking. So theoretically, you walk into that cloud too, No, 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 right? no you don't. We don't. We go, we turn around because... Our advance was obliterated by machine gun and and snipers, but those guys continue to walk forwards. So they kept going. We turned around. Yeah, but we turned around and we got back into our into like you know the trenches formation in the trenches that we had built, which is like a hole in the ground. Yeah. And so we were, we, so they couldn't get us with their snipers or their or their machine guns. And we watched what happened to these guys. Cloud came down. Cloud went up. Guys were never found. A big question for me. You said the cloud went up unobtrusively. Very unobtrusively. How does a cloud go up obtrusively? <laughs> well, that's just like, that's just uh, that's just Ellie Ellie Ryder. Yeah, like, <clears throat> but unobtrusively. Unobtru- well, she, I think what she means is like it's not like it like rose with like a clatter. Yeah, it so wasn't just, like 
It was just like a cloud. It wasn't like... It was just like a... I'm drifting, yo! Almost a little cloud. I'm going to ask the cynical question just so we can get it out of the way. Wouldn't the most likely explanation be that they got shot and that their bodies were like with all the other bodies? That would be the most likely explanation, but mm-hmm. the Turkish deny that that ever happened. And also, day. what are the chances? But they didn't. They deny that they shot them. But they ever saw them. And what are the chances that the exact what is it? Two hundred men mm. whose bodies were never found amongst all the other dead all happened to be from the same battalion. That's that wouldn't happen. Some we people said like that. Some people said that the battalion was favored by God. And raptured. That's what I okay. That was gonna be literally the next thing I was gonna say is like, how mad would you be if the rapture already happened in 1915 <laughs> and it was and just only those guys, those guys were, were the butlers ready. and servants of King yeah. George V? They were like, these guys will save them. Other people thought that the cloud was a UFO. Else. <laughs> a UFO. You know how I feel about aliens, Ellie. What? Not in this cupboard. Not today. Okay, oh, but so okay. but I don't this, like them. We'll what this before. happens here? What we're actually gonna be zooming out a little bit from this story. Okay. I know because this oh is not God. the first time that an entire. No, no. <laughs> this is not the first time that an entire troop of men have gone missing. No, 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 no. The first the recorded happenstance of this, Herodotus documented for us how a fifty thousand man Persian army disappeared in the Egyptian desert in five hundred twenty five BC. Well, that just sounds racist. By saying vast columns of whirling sand entirely covered up the troops. 5,000 soldiers of Rome's 9th Legion in the 2nd century AD were sent to Caledonia, which is modern-day Scotland, to end a rebellion, and they vanished into the mists. That's a lot of dudes. (laughs) In Overton. (laughs) Uh, And then in December 1939, 3,000 Chinese troops were sent to the Yangtze River to stop a Japanese advance, and no trace of them was ever found. What also Mary Celeste? Mm? The ghost ship. Oh my oh, god, this yeah. might explain ghost ships. I love ghost ships. But let yeah, me just dig into ships. this this uh this happening in nineteen thirty seven or nineteen thirty nine, depending on who you talk to, which is that part sounds of like it. World War Two. Yes. This is a different disappearance of troops. Oh fuck. A battalion of three thousand Chinese soldiers was assigned to a two mile stretch uh, of land around Nanking. The Japanese had taken the city and the soldiers were charged with preventing the enemy fighters from getting out of it. Their main focus was a bridge on the Yangtze River, which they needed to defend. So, it's the year of December 9th, 1937. The commander of the battalion went to bed as normal after seeing his troops. He had ensured the troops were dug in for the night and that the soldiers had been placed on watch. The abandonment was made stranger by the lack of any signs of struggle. The heavy weapons were still in place and ready to be fired. The concealed fires were still glowing and warm. The soldiers and field officers were simply gone with no sign of where they went. Yikes. The claim is that this has happened several times over the course of history, that entire troops or battalions of people will just disappear with no sign of anything. No sign of a struggle, no sign of things left behind. Is the common denominator, besides it being a large group of people, that some sort of natural occurrence happens, like a cloud or sand? Yes, usually. Some kind of mist, cloud, or sand. In all these cases... That sounds like a UFO. It does. Well, that it sounds, sounds like they're being taken up to the mothership. It sounds also like a little bit sus. Mm-hmm. Because nobody like actually sees what happens. I mean, I, oh, I hate this. that for them. Oh, yeah, no, it's ups- deeply upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> to dig back into our the original version of the story, the well, the uh, the World War One case in Turkey. The consensus among historians is that they were just executed in the woods and dragged away 
and that the Turkish lied about ever having found them. I mean, they would have an incentive to lie it was a war. Right, exactly. Yeah, I also was going to say before, like, potentially this is when, where the military makes a huge fuck-up that affects their own men. Like, they lead them into a really bad storm and everybody dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they, you know, they lead them into a battle that they should never have been into and they're underprepared for. And so they just are like, no, yeah. they all just disappeared. Also, the other guys, by their own admission, like, turn tail, mm-hmm. which isn't great. Yeah. <laughs> what an interesting idea was that I read about here was that the Allied commander in charge of the campaign made efforts to perpetuate this rumour uh, uh, to make the basically the massacre that he led his men into something more mysterious and unexplained. So I that, mean, the, so that yeah. the whole thing was perpetuated by the the guy in charge of it, that was who was so horrifically embarrassed that he basically just let everyone get murdered. And like, straight I up think murdered. that you could really easily do that because if you, you can change the memory of anyone, but particularly people who are in a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. So if these people were watching, just like you know, their their entire uh, like just hundreds and hundreds of their own battalion just being killed. To just be like, no, did you not see that cloud? And then people will genuinely remember that cloud. I mean, yeah, yeah like, that's honestly, like, that was what my topic was about. Like, yeah. it's when people are under extreme stress. Like, that's when they're the most susceptible to some sort of mass psychogenic event. So you just go... The one that creeps me know. out, honestly, Ellie, is the one... I think it was in in Caledonia, in, in modern-day Scotland. Mm-hmm. That was like... Did you say it was 5,000? Yeah. This has apparently been a legend that has long baffled historians, but they might have just figured it out. Like just recently? Like, no. Well, not that recently, like 2011, but recently enough. That's when it. we're talking I mean, about in the scheme well, of yeah, the the Roman. Yeah. yeah. So the cool thing was that the the Ninth Legion, who were the people that disappeared, were like the like the they were like Goliaths. Mm-hmm. Like they were like the top dog Roman force. Oh, that just meant they were big. They were like big. Yeah, God, they were big. Yeah. The theory that five thousand of Rome's finest soldiers were lost in the swirling mists of Caledonia as they marched north to put down a rebellion forms the basis of a new film, The Eagle. <gasps> so there is a movie that we can watch about this. I do love that. I love the movie. Um, it's it's thought now that um, they were just overcome by a little ragtag force of Davids, basically. Like like a whole like the, the the Scottish shouldn't have won, but they did, and they never had enough information to send it back to Rome. So like to Rome, they just let this battalion go into the mist, and they never came back. But the Scottish were like, guys, we killed them, we did it, we killed all the big guys. <sighs> okay, so conflicting thoughts there, because the first thing I thought, which was I'll admit was very cynical, mm-hmm. is that like. That fits in with sort of, like, the mythos that, like, Scottish peoples like to perpetuate, or I shouldn't say like to, do you perpetuate about themselves? Like, that mm. fits in with, like, Rob Roy and Braveheart and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, like, them just being, like, such, and, you know, there's, like, elements of truth. They're, like, such better warriors and having such, like, an understanding of the land that they were able to, like, kind of fend off mm-hmm. these uh Outlanders, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then also, so that was my first gut instinct. I'll admit it. But then also, like, there's a reason that those stories really pervade. There's like an element of truth to them, and also, what's more likely? Like, honestly, it is probably more likely that like a group of like Highlanders took out these guys than UFOs. Please, I just really don't want I to do UFOs. More but here, this this bit's crazy. Oh fuck! Get ready. This bit's crazy. This bit's crazy. Prepare your ear holes. Um. 
Their theory has been... So, the historians have dissented, theorising that the ninth did not disappear in Britain at all, arguing both book and film are wrong. Apparently there's a book and a film about this. Hell yeah. Their theory has been far more mundane. The Legion was in fact a victim of strategic transfer, swapping the cold expanse of northern England for arid wastes in the Middle East. Here, sometime before AD 160, they were wiped out in a war against the Persians. But there's not one shred of evidence that that ever happened. It's just a guess which over time has taken on a, sh- a sheen of cast iron certainty. Three stamped tiles bearing the unit number of the ninth found in the Netherlands have been used to support the idea of the transfer from Britain. What? Wild. So they just, they have found this little eagle stamped into some stones in the mm-hmm. Netherlands and they're like, this is where the ninth came. Nice. They're a legend. I mean, that that's wild. like, you know, we have a similar thing in America, which is Croatan. I don't know if you guys have heard about that, Mm-mm. which is like one of the first, um, one of the first colonies that came from England, established in Virginia, and they weren't doing great. And then the next colony came, you know, to like add to them, and the entire colony was deserted. Like it was like a ghost town. And the only thing they found was the word Croatan mm. um, carved into a stump. And forever it's been like this, like, it's like a subject of lore, mystery. I think there's an American horror story season about it. Oh, really? But what's funny is somebody had like a really great, like, they, they summed it up really succinctly on Twitter, which was Croatan was another name for a nearby Native American tribe. So they were like, okay, so basically you came and you found all these white people that you thought were going to be starving. They weren't there. They wrote the name of a Native American tribe on the on the tree stump. And then all those Native Americans for like the next few generations had like light-haired, light-skinned kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you That's know what happened. Right. It's just that like they didn't, like the English didn't want to say that. So yeah. they were like, oh, I don't know, it was a mystery. Like, nobody knows. They definitely, like, did not, like, assimilate and fuck those Indians. Like, no, they didn't do that. They didn't. They wouldn't. Never. They wouldn't. What? Don't they wouldn't do it. that. Beep that out, please. Someone has something to gain by perpetuating the story that people were lost. Yeah. I think is what the kind of thread through of all these stories is. Mm-hmm. That, like, all, all of our ancient texts are filled with these dramatic, like, 50,000 were lost to the sands. Yeah. But, like, maybe what that actually means was, like, they were killed in the desert. And we're well, interpreting it as they walked out into the middle of nowhere. The World War One one, I think, was either... I, I do like the idea that the general did it himself, because it's, like, conspiracy and fun. That he yeah. was like, oh, it was a terrible battle, but because of aliens and not anything I did. Yeah. I mean, disappearing people is a really fascinating topic, um, which we can hopefully get into in another episode. Because, the, I mean, that's the thing, right, is that, like, you hear... You hear that 500 people disappeared at once and it's like, it's a fucking phenomenon, right? Mm -hmm. And and that is a little bit different. But when you think about it, like thousands or like tens of thousands of people disappear every day. And at, at some point, like the cumulative amount of people that disappear, like it does start to boggle the mind because... We should have just accidentally found some of these people by now. Like I recently read a novel... Um, Stephen King's latest novel, The Institute, is about missing children, and it starts with like this, like just like absolutely staggering statistic about the amount of children that go missing every single day in just America. Now, missing people is a really strange thing, and there's like, there's I think an impulse to say kind of like Occam's razor, like what's the most likely scenario, right? Like like you said, like most likely scenario mm-hmm. is somebody covering it up because it's politically beneficial to them. But that starts to fall apart in the face of 
There are only so many places people can go. Mm. Although, maybe they're just all in the ocean. That's the answer. The answer is ocean. Guys, what did you think? Terrifying. Mm. Very frightening. And that was, it turns out, like, on theme. And what I feel yeah. is that there was a somatic transference throughout the apartment where Ooh. we all knew that this was the vibe and the energy that we were going to yeah. bring. Vibe check. Spooky. Yeah. Vibe check. Spooky. Love it. <laughs> Ten points. To Gryffindor. Oh my gosh, 10 points to Gryffindor? Which I think is you at this point. I think it was pretty awesome how our stories are all about connected consciousness in some way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm freaked out by it. I'm freaked. I'm going to give you um, 12 points for the (gasps) weird shit. Holy shit. Um, But I'm taking off two points because I don't feel like you gave enough energy to UFOs. Okay. Um, I realized that, like, you know, Chelsea was freaking out. I was say, see, to, I'm like, giving extra points. In the corner of your cupboard, mm, but, yeah. like, I want more you UFOs. Wanted to, you wanted to go there, yeah, and the I story took UFOs a different turn. Always, and there weren't enough UFOs in there. So. I totally understand. See, I give extra points for, for you being so respectful and not bringing up UFOs. Okay, so, so minus how many points? Oh, I don't remember. Minus... How many points? I don't know. Minus Did you give points. her like 13 or something? I don't know. Give her an insane I think, amount. I think I gave you 12 and you then I'm 12. taking off four. All right. Guys, I the think UFO that, behavior. Okay. I think the heat of the scabbard is getting it to 35 seconds. I've got 18 points. Oh my God. I think Ellie won this one. <laughs> what did you get? I don't remember. I'm afraid. I think I got like 14. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll take it. I'll take the win. I'll take the win. Nice. I love it. It's beautiful. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode of our crazy shared consciousness. Frightening. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Beth, where can people find you? Uh, London, England. No, not physically in the she world. Doesn't. She okay, doesn't. Okay, no social media? Oh, no. Okay, I, well, don't tell people where you live. I, I, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So my address... I, I don't do social media. My, my home address is... <laughs> Please don't. Uh, Send me things. Uh, people can find me at Ellie Main on Instagram and Ellie Maney on Twitter. And you can find this podcast at WhatPod on both Instagram and Twitter. Well, Ellie, I was going to ask you where people could find you, but I do love that you were bold enough just to be like, no, this is and me. This and this is, is where, me. And this is well, where I, I assume am. that's where she I was going. She also boldly told, said that I didn't have social. Because you don't. It makes you wobble like you're doing now. I you're have like, Instagram. Oh. I'm a do you have an Instagram? Cool mom. Yeah, it's private and I have like is 14 it, followers. Is it called Beth Loves Mamba? No, that's a separate one, which I wasn't <laughs> planning to share with the world yet. Um, no, it's not. It's, it's not, no. Well, you can find me all around the internet at Chelsea Harfouche. It's F-O-U-S-H. It's a very powerful, difficult thing to spell. Mm-hmm. But I believe in you guys. It's phonetic. I did my best. Thanks for joining us. And uh, go learn something for yourself. Do a little research. Thanks. 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 Thanks.